I'm a professional. Hi, everybody. Well, welcome to another episode of Soju Chronicles. I am Nat. And I'm Nikki. <laughs> and we are here to talk all things anime, mangas, dramas, books, Blackpink, and you know, all the in-between. <laughs> Let us start, as we do, with what we're drinking. What are you so drinking? Today, today I'm drinking box wine. I'm drinking <laughs> wine to go rosé and it's it's literally just like it's like a how many you know I was listening to our episode last week and I was like oh my god why did why did I struggle so much to find like how many fucking ounces were in this goddamn shit and I'm having the same <laughs> problem because I genuinely cannot see where it tells me how many ounces oh well, I don't know, but anyways, it's a barefoot wine. It's in a it's in a box. It's like a little box wine, and it I've says. Never had box wine. I've had like those big box wines, like the Franzia. We did like a um, box wine Olympics in college, so <laughs> story for another day. But um, so it's it's literally oh, it's five hundred milliliters, and so it's one five hundred milliliter wine to go, and it's equal to three. 5.6 ounce glasses of wine um and it doesn't really say anything oh it says barefoot wine to go barefoot rosé is a deliciously sweet and mouth-watering melody with hints of cherries summer raspberries watermelon and zesty citrus twist and sip and savor the moment rosé wine california but yeah i mean barefoot's fine i think it's like very like mid-tier wine but it's not bad so it's 500 milliliters and it's 10 percent so, yeah. Okay. Well, I just had this grower's cider in my fridge. It was made in Ontario, of course, with Canadian, with Ontario apples. I feel like the apple propaganda is like really big, <laughs> like the alcohol market, because almost everything that you drink, it's like made in Ontario with Ontario apples. I'm like, I don't know what's so special about Ontario apples, but okay. Anyways, it's the Harvest Stone Fruit. Um, flavor and it's good actually like I mean it's only 5% at 473 milliliters so it's not much and I can't really taste the alcohol on it to be quite honest <laughs> it just tastes like like slightly kombucha-y but not quite I like, do love a good kombucha though yeah I know I know I'm gonna actually look for a kombucha next time uh, actually after this I'm going to drink a kombucha so <laughs> there you go but anyways yes that is what I am drinking and uh yeah that's it so we will go to anime and manga and i'm actually really interested in what you watch well have why i want to hear you talk about naruto first okay i'm just kidding all right so <laughs> i was like so i finally you know what it, so my 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 um i always have to give a story time got story time i'm just kidding no but really why do i have to explain everything before i start talking about everything i've noticed that about me i apologize guys it is what it is <laughs> so i like my fire stick it always like advertises like random shit and like i end up watching it just because like i'd be bored but <laughs> it was like oh to see like um a spread of like animation like anime like who it, it was basically saying that hulu had all the anime and i was like oh i haven't watched anything because i'm not watching naruto so let me go the the plan was to go and watch the second half of spy family but then i saw something on the thing and it was like oh um see season finale and then i was like 
oh, this looks weird. Okay, what is it? So, <laughs> so it advertised this show called Petey. It's called um, Praise Petey is what the show is called, right? And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. So then I read the description and the description was like so simple. It was like, I think like I think the description was something like, oh, um, a Manhattan girl gets a cold. And I was like, what? So I was so good, right? So um, uh, Wikipedia, they this is what it says. It says, Petra Petey St. Bart is a wealthy New York socialite who had it all until her mother informs her that she inherited a small town from her recently deceased father called New Utopia. Upon arriving, she discovers that her father was a cult leader and that the residents have been brainwashed to mindlessly follow her due to her father's influence. Now with a new purpose in life, Petey hopes to have new utopia think for themselves and be normal by starting with the abolishment of human sacrifices. And sure enough, the first episode, you know, this type of show, you know those like um, older adult animation, right? Because that's what it is. It's an adult animation. Mm-hmm. You know those type of shows where it's like, it, it, it's, it, it pokes fun at like other type of like sitcom-y shows yeah but it doesn't do it in like an obnoxious way where you're just like oh my god like shut up it does it in a way where like i feel like a lot of the jokes are so very niche that unless you're like an avid tv watcher you wouldn't really get them mm. no what I'm saying? okay i see what you mean like duck man from the past and even like early episodes of family guy maybe yeah it's like okay. it's like so niche because like there, there are certain dialogues that they will say that you're just like oh yeah and then like it's like in general, a parody too, right? Because they'll be like, they'll be like parody and like, um, okay. So I watched all. I finished the entire thing. It was only ten episodes. So Petey comes in. She's played by Annie Murphy, and because I, I thought I, I thought she sounded familiar, right? And I couldn't mm-hmm. figure out why. But it's the, it's the sister. It's Alexia from Shit's Creek. I don't know if you've ever watched it, but that's who is the main I know character yeah. yeah so she so it starts with her and then she's just like you know telling us about her new york life and then um she's like she is dating somebody it was oh my god it was so stupid she's like i'm dating my boyfriend and it's like her 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 boyfriend's the hottest thing in the business it's a fucking plank of wood and it's just it's so fucking weird that it was such a fucking weird show but i'm sorry as i'm thinking back at it i'm just like no, you really have to be high when you're watching this shit because it's that type of show. But she basically finds her boyfriend cheating on her with her best friend. She goes to her mom. Her mom doesn't even like her. Her mom's just like, you know, you know, the typical like self egotistical so mom. Yeah. And okay. so she was like, she was like, oh, your father left you this town. So she goes to the town and everybody's like, oh my God, you're the, prof- you're the prophesied like, um, leader daughter that was gonna come back for us and they're like basically like all worshiping her and she's like this is weird i don't like it she meets bandit who i also immediately recognized his voice john chow and he was like it was like they were doing that whole will they won't they but they were actively commenting on it type thing you know Mm, where it was like it was like it was like oh how here you are this um it would be like stuff like, oh, here you are, this down on her luck city girl trying to take over the the town and you think that I'm going to fall in love with you and I won't fall in love with you, okay? 
and then it's just like you know very on the nose cheeky kind of humor yeah. but like she meets up with him it turns out he was in, he was formerly in the cult and he's trying to deprogram everyone she also gets a best friend and obviously it's like your typical like oh here's this black best friend so she gets a black she gets a best friend and she um is talking with like she becomes like close and they like she's she changes some of the rules but then she doesn't change some of the rules so like a bunch of like weird things happen like they had to stop the human sacrifices because they would like sacrifice everyone any anytime like the i forget who they call but i forget what they call her but like they would sacrifice a person and then when they when she found out that they didn't have money she had to find a way to get money right and so she was trying to get it the earnest way, but then instead they were like, oh, why don't you just recruit people for the cult? And she was like, no, I can't do that. Meanwhile, she finds out that her best friend is actually, was previously married to her father because her father had like five wives, wives who she then inherited and just a lot of crazy shit, okay? Just a lot of nonsense now. <laughs> and then they poked fun at like, the elders, they the elders had to end up living together. So then it became the real elders of New Utopia. And they <laughs> they did like a fucking real housewife sketch in the middle of it. But basically how it ends is so there was a prophecy that when Stevie returns, um, a comet would come and the comet is going to take everybody to a new place, right? So right. When so then the the season finale was basically like that day when the comet was to come, and then everybody's like, "What's gonna happen if the comet doesn't come?" And then, um, uh, Bandit was like spending some time, um, trying to deprogram people so that they would be free of the cult. And then right as that was happening, um, Stevie decided because they were getting frustrated and they felt like they were like lost and all that stuff. And this was like her first time really truly stepping up as their leader. And she was like, you know what? Like, fuck the comet. We don't need a comet. I am the comet is what she was saying. And then she was like, stay with me and I promise you. So she basically straight up became a cult leader. Yeah. But you know, like it's framed in this sense, like, you know, not a malicious event it's literally to save people from themselves kind of thing yeah but it's also yeah. like but the way that the show does it is so that they, they the way that they did it right was that they were very clearly showing that she's become a cult leader now you know right. so she's like oh just trust me and stay with me and then they have the ominous music or whatever so then all the people are like yay we trust you see me and they leave and then she gets in a fight with her best friend and she gets in a fight with bandit um and as they're fighting a comet comes and it takes the one one person and it leaves with them and they're like, what the fuck? And then the show ends. <laughs> I'm hoping for the second season. I really so hope for the second season. So basically, this was like, even though it, it is a cult, it was true. It was it, true. Exactly. Yeah, there was a believer and he got, he left. Oh, yeah. wow. I know. That's so crazy. I... I actually do want to watch another... I would watch another season. I'm not going to hold you. Like, yes, it was dumb, but it was, like, fun. And they had, like, Keenan Thomas voicing in it because I definitely recognized his voice. He was one of the elders. Because, like, when they went to New York on... Because it was... It, the the elders are so funny. They're like, oh, they, they're going to New York to... um refresh because they need to change their, like, a bit, like, change their... I forgot what... So this is basically what happened. They ran out of money, right? And because they ran out of money, um, Stevie tried to get this guy, in, like the pharmacist, into the cult. 
the pharmacist turns out to have previously dated her mom. Her mom, who that was another storyline too. Her mom was previously in the the town, and she left the town. And every time she comes, she comes to the town every day that is Stevie's birthday, so that she can perform for them, force everybody to sign an NDA, so that nobody tells anybody that her previous name was Tammy and that she's from the town. <laughs> so, um, she so basically when they they were gonna take the pharmacy the pharmacy's money and like having like transfer all their money and then she saw that like the elders were living in like marble houses so she was like hell hell no you guys are gonna stay in one house so when they so then they're saying that oh when they all started staying in one house the dynamic changed so they went to new york to refresh and also to steal um pd's eggs from the donor office because they're like oh pd you need to reproduce it's it's a whole mess girl but it was really fun and entertaining i'm not gonna hold you so yeah i would i mean it seems like just silly fun so yeah, yeah. It's like mindless silly fun and like i said they did they did a lot of like very like avid tv watcher type of jokes you know yeah yeah um so yeah i would give it like i would give it like an eight out of ten because i enjoyed it i thought it was it was good and i would watch a second season for sure okay that's cute okay so i am watching naruto still and i am i feel like i made like a really really great progress uh, i'm I'm surprised you're not done yet uh well like the thing is there are a lot of episodes there's 500 of them so even if I get through like a good amount amount of them like I don't watch every day one into it's just like there's a lot but like I do feel this time I did kind of get through a lot of the episodes because I think I started around 349 um which was like the Kakashi sub sort of side story about his past and stuff like that and I just finished up to like 413 so it's almost mm-hmm. like 100 episodes uh which I'm very proud of myself okay but anyways what's happening what's happening okay so mm-hmm. <sighs> all right so we find out about Obito blah 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 uh we do this like backstory on Kakashi because I mean why uh, why would we not want a 10 to 15 episode filler arc right in between in the middle of the big battle which is like the final battle of the show like why would we not want that you know so Kakashi's um, whole story it shows him from like when he was a kid and like when he was like he was a get it at like six and a jonin at like 12 and then he was like on loose ops and he basically had no friends he had recurring nightmares he spent all his time that he wasn't on missions at the graves of his his friends rain and obito and uh obviously uh minato and krishna as well and mm-hmm. so he was just like like the whole thing was basically kakashi needs therapy like that was what i was getting from these episodes and it showed also to Yamato or Tenzo, as they called him, like how Kakashi saved him from Root and from Danzo. And once again, Danzo was at the scene of every crime, every single one. We showed Kakashi being Itachi's, um, his squad leader when he when Itachi was in the Anbu as well, too. So, I mean, like, if I was Kakashi, I'd be like, wow, I really do be losing all my friends they're murderers and and then they die like literally literally obito becomes toby literally is the one who caused 
the nine tails to break out of Krishna and kill everybody and cause the, the death of Krishna and um, Minato. Reen, Reen got kidnapped and was brainwashed or something. So, and so he had to kill her because she was like a danger to the town. Uh, who else? Uh, Tenzo. I mean, Tenzo, not so much, but because like Tenzo was in probably an even worse space than him because Tenzo was literally created as like, a test. Like he was a part of this mist clan where they could turn their body into like gas or mist or some shit like that. But, uh, and they were like experiments of Orochimaru. And so Orochimaru basically took this little boy, said, hey, I'm going to mix your cells with the first Hokage cells and let's see how that goes. And then when Orochimaru got found out and he left, he literally left Tenzo there. And so Tenzo was like, so what am I doing? What am I doing? And so that's how Danzo came in and scooped him and turned him into a weapon. And then Danzo and sorry, then Tenzo and Kakashi become friends, but Tenzo's still working for Danzo. So Danzo's like, hey, I have all these Sharingans, but you know who Sharingan I don't have? Kakashi's. So why don't you go kill him? <laughs> so it like, and this the funny thing is, like, these are like spies, right? But Tenzo so obviously wants to, like, is trying to kill Kakashi. I don't think he wants to, but you can tell he's so obviously trying to kill this man. And Kakashi's like, um, okay, so why are you here? And why are you following me around? Oh, I just want to help you, sen- senpai. I just want to be here to help you out. And, I'm, like, and Kakashi's like, uh, okay. <laughs> it was so obvious. I'm sorry, it was really funny. But yeah, so there's that relationship. And then uh, Kakashi saves him. He's all like, Tenzo, we're friends. I can't fight you, but I will if I have to because I kill people and that's what I am good at. And then we saw how, like, I like how suddenly, it's like very subtle through all of this is like Guy basically stalking this man and being like, let's do challenges the whole time. And <laughs> like, it ends basically with Kakashi being forced. Like, so Asuma, Kuranai, Guy Sensei and is it Anko? Somebody else, I can't remember who. Basically, they all go to Lord Fourth and they're like, um, or Lord Third, sorry, and they're like, yeah, so Kakashi is depressed. Um, and he's losing his humanity. You need to take him out of Ambu. So that's why he got taken out of Ambu and he was forced to become a Jonin sensei. Mm. So that's like his backstory. And uh after that, we had um his resolve and he fought Obodo and I'm not gonna lie the fight between Kakashi and Obodo uh was like pretty pretty awesome like it was it was some real like I mean Kakashi always look good when he's fighting but like it was really engaging like I was literally like at my like I focused completely on Naruto when I was watching it when they were fighting <laughs> and so <laughs> it, but it was like really good like I just think that like when they actually do get to fight properly and the choreography is really good right so that was interesting that was fun and then we had some more random backstories of um Harush Hashirama 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 that's how they pronounce it Hashirama and Madara <clears throat> so Hashirama is the first Hokage he is actually Tsunade's grandfather. And basically, he also had a rival who was Madara, Uchiha. And basically, like, they were born during, like, the warring 
clans era where basically everyone was fighting like they didn't have like set like towns and, and stuff like that like they do now so basically like clans just fought each other like that's all they did and so they meet they in like the things you don't tell each other your name when you meet people just because you don't know what you need from this person you know who they are blah 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 so they meet they become friends and you know harish Hashirama. Hashirama. I don't know why I can't pronounce his name. It's very strange. Especially when I, I know what it's supposed to sound like. Especially, mostly because he's cute, but also just because. So Hashirama <laughs> is all like, I want a world where kids can grow up and be kids and not have to fight people. I want a world where everything is safer, blah, blah, blah. And Madara is like, I believe in that world too. And then they find out that there are from warring tribes who are literally trying to murder each other every other day Mm -hmm. and of course Hashirama's brother Toburama kills um Madara's brother and like it kind of fucks things up but like they have a whole like it's not quite Naruto and Sasuke but it's like this very deep bond where they are friends but then Madara like turns so they're trying to say basically that all the Achia are so vicious and and violent and stuff like that because they love the most. Like their clan is just so in tune to their emotions that they have the capacity to love with all of their hearts, but just as easily they have the capacity to like hate. So they're basically a clan of cancers, in my opinion, because they be like real emotional, okay? And that emotion that those emotions just make them crazy is basically what I'm getting from this whole thing, okay? And so that's what happens to Madara. He just, he kind of changes, blah, 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 blah. Um, what else happens in this fight? Some, this tree comes out of nowhere and it's supposed to be like this um, sacred tree where, which is the source of all chakra. And it, they're trying to say basically this woman came and like she ate from the tree and some bad shit happened and but that's how they got chakra. It was kind of given Adam and Eve, not gonna lie, when I was watching it. I can't really remember it now, but when I was watching it, it was like very much given Adam and Eve and like Eve eating the apple <clears throat> and getting kicked out of heaven and all that kind of shit. And so this tree came up with the ta- the ten tails. The ten tails final form is this tree. And so something was budding. It's funny to me. I'm like, as soon as I saw the tree, I'm like, what the fuck is budding on the ten tails tree? But nobody's talking about that. They're all kind of fighting around it, whatever. But the tree basically sucks. It's it's been trying to get the chakra in the world back because all the chakra in the world comes from the tree. So that basically the tree's trying to suck it back up. So it just started grabbing ninjas and sucking them dry. And it, one of them got Shikamaru. I mean, I know he exists obviously because he's super hot and old now. But he was definitely ate like that tree ate him a lot. And so I was not appreciating that because he looked real bad for a while there. What else happened? Um, Kurama got dragged out of Naruto because the ten tail tree basically said, mm, "I'm gonna eat the rest of these these tail beasts," and so it ate him. And uh, what else happened this in these episodes? I mean, oh yeah, so Sakura. Okay, Sakura is actually showing her worth here. Um, obviously, finally. Obviously, she's like one. Her powers are basically Tsunade's powers. So if you've seen ever seen Tsunade fight, Tsunade's fight, Emmett, you're gonna see what Sakura can do. Because remember, Tsunade is like really strong, and she heals people, and she has a big slug, right? That's yeah. that's her thing. So that's what that's literally what Sakura does now too. Like that's 
I mean, nothing different, whatever. But they had this <laughs> moment where she was like, She's all like, oh, I'm not going to be behind um, everybody. I'm going to fight and show my worth. And she did, you know, she did her thing because she's super fucking strong. And also she was like at the time, like the only like major medic around. Right. So mm-hmm. they all brought their um, their beast out. You know, like Sasuke has a snake. Naruto has his frog and she has her um, slug. And they call them like they're basically the sun in 2.0 because that's what Jiraiya Orochimaru and Sanadi used to be right Sanin during the actual the, the previous war right and you know it, the story tried to give her this place equal to them and she was I mean not like not completely in battle obviously because they're like like years ahead but she's so useful because she's obviously like the medic and she's the only person who's really out there healing people so I thought that was really good like she was not useless at all um I Honestly, though, I gotta say, like, Hinata, girl, so Neji died. Did I mention that last time? Neji died? You did. Okay, good. So, Hinata, my, like, I love Hinata. I really do. But there was this one scene where she was running and she fell and, like, I was just like, girl, what did you fall on, first of all? Second of all, like, what is the point of the scene to show that you're distraught about Naruto? I mean, we know how you feel about Naruto. Why don't you take care of yourself? Or more Neji some more. Like, I just, the whole thing was really, like, I, I, I actually put out a tweet, and I'm like, you know what? Misogyny won with Naruto. It really did. Because, like, what, what is even this, right? <sighs> Anyways, uh, what else happened? Madara, oh, Madara unalived himself. I don't know how. I still kind of don't really know how he did it, but he unalived himself. Because before he was using re- reanimation jutsu, but now he's alive, alive. He was licking his butt oh, and everything. And okay. he took his shirt off, and I was like, oh, this man is like 300, but he never missed an ab day. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. And he was, yo, he was beating everybody's ass too. Like, Madara is pretty badass. Not gonna lie. I mean, he's crazy, and I hope he doesn't win. But he was being everybody's ass. Uh, Naruto got to the heart of Toby, aka Obito, and now he basically because you know, true love and Naruto's friendship heals all. So you know, he realized that Rin would not want him to be evil and murdering people and all the stuff that he's done so far, and the basically like you know he's from konoha and he's a little shinobi and they're all you know naruto believes in him believes in him truly another thing though orochimaru is just like um i really don't want the world to come to an end because then i can't do any more experiments so i guess i'm on your side now and he's literally literally just like like there's one moment where lord third was like so are you actually gonna help orochimaru and he was just like I guess like at the side while people are dying I, I know I just thought it was real funny no, I just thought it was real funny but anyways um, and then the last thing that I watched because literally this is all basically one giant arc like of the last battle with like moments where and then they just interject these filler fucking episodes that have nothing to do with it in there but like literally the last thing I watched that was canon was that Sasuke was down he got stabbed by, by Madara and um, Naruto's down because the tail of Beast Kurama was yanked out of his body. 
So, and anybody basically who loses a Jinchuriki, who loses a Jinchuriki, who loses their tail beast, like, die, basically. So, Sakura's trying to help him, but whatever, whatever. And then, all of a sudden, we're at the new tuning exams, and I'm like, what? <laughs> but this art was kind of fire, not a lot. I actually really enjoyed it, mostly because it was about, like, all the other characters getting, becoming, uh, was it Oh, tune-ins. Tune-ins. They're all becoming tune-ins. So, which is what they failed last time. The last time, the only person who got it was Shikamaru. So this mm-hmm. time, um, Choji and Ino needed a third. So they had Sakura, obviously, because nobody else was there. And the other teams all kind of went. And this really focused a lot on, like, the other, basically, the other um, schoolmates of Naruto. With Like, Naruto was kind of in it because people mentioned him and shit. But, like, he wasn't in it. And Sasuke wasn't really in it either. And it was just about the rest of the characters. And I liked it because it... it it, like I really like the focus on Neji, Ten Ten, and Ino, which which are characters I think that don't really get that focus that they deserve. And it just talked about like how they worked hard and like their ninja ways and things like that, and talked about like the clans and what they're trying to get out of it. I I don't know I thought it was like actually really interesting to watch, and it also gave us other characters who are linked to the main story. But, like, literally, like, they gave backstories to, like, a body that we saw randomly when Jiraiya, before Jiraiya died. You know what I mean? Like, we got backstories for some characters who mattered. Like, they're already been mentioned, but, like, now it kind of gives you a little bit more about them. And I thought that was an interesting concept. Instead of, like, introducing new new people, they're like, okay, you've seen these people. You may not even know some of their names, but, like, here here is their story, in a sense. And it was all through the tuning exams and, like, Seeing Eno especially is what I liked because it was talking about like her clan and like how she's trying to run away from like the Eno Shiko Cho thing by being like a medic ninja and how she like learned to embrace like her heritage and stuff like that. And Ten Ten being like, what the fuck am I good at? You know, like I'm in a group with Ten Ten and Neji. What am I good at? And <laughs> Neji obviously like being badass and actually like Neji didn't just become Chunin, he actually became Jonin. So now he's like above everybody just through the ch- ch- what he was able to accomplish at the tuning exam. So I thought that was really interesting. I personally think these episodes probably should have been an original Naruto or like very early in Shippuden. Like it's really strange that you're giving us this now, but I feel like they also fu- realized how much they fucked up by killing Neji and they're like, okay, let's just go back so we can put more Neji in things because Neji is really popular. Because like, why would they, why did they do that? Like what possessed them? To so I read what Kishimoto said and basically Kishimoto said that he killed Neji because he wanted to give um, Naruto and Hanada like more of a connection, something that they could kind of like bond over. And so like the fact that he died kind of saving them and, you know, would like matter to her especially but both of them like that was kind of the thing and i guess it makes sense because boruto's name is actually you think boruto is named after naruto no and like japanese or something like that it's actually he's actually named after neji so yeah i don't know i was just like okay whatever um it was stupid and unnecessary uh but yeah that was naruto so far i mean honestly like this if if we cut out all the filler this this thing would not be 500 episodes first of all it would probably be it would probably be about like 250 at most uh and i'm not and like the crazy but the crazy thing is is that i actually really enjoyed the last filler arc like it was more interesting than a lot of the stuff that was in the canon like the harashi (sighs) (laughs) hashirama 
and um, Toborama and like all the the former Hokagis coming back to life. I mean, it's cute. Naruto got to meet his dad again, but like for real this time. But also, I'm just like, I don't like. Okay, sure, whatever, fine. Yeah, I'm almost done, guys. Though I'm on four fourteen, uh, and soon I shall be finished. Uh, because it's only 500 episodes. I'm so excited to be done soon. I'm so excited. I'm going to watch Seven Deadly Sins right after. I'm just going to like cleanse my brain. <laughs> I was uh, going to say. Yes. Yeah, so that was Naruto. And then I also read a manga. I read uh, My Brother's Husband. And it's, I'll read the synopsis. It's Yaichi. Yaichi? Yaichi is a work at home suburban dad in contemporary Tokyo. Formerly married, married to Natsuki, uh, Natsuki, father to their young daughter, Kana. Their lives suddenly change with the arrival uh, at their doorstep of a hulking, affable Canadian named Mike Flanagan, who declares himself the widower of Yachi's estranged gay twin, Ryoji. Mike is on a quest to explore Ryoji's past, and the family reluctantly but dutifully takes him in. What follows is an unprecedented and heartbreaking look at the state of a largely still closeted Japanese gay culture how it's been affected by the West and how the next generation can change their preconceptions about it and prejudices against it. Oh, I see what uh, you're so, saying. Why, when you said that it was um, gay reading day for you. <laughs> <laughs> so I read it and one, like I had actually started reading it like years ago when it first came out and like the bookstore, like I just saw it and I was like, Oh, this is interesting. But I think I knew like, five pages in I was like "Ooh, this is really heavy I don't want to get into it in a bookstore you know so um I actually borrowed like the full thing the full um the full story with all the volumes in it it's very beautiful mm-hmm. very well illustrated the story is so uh, like it's just heartbreaking but hopeful at the same time so basically mm-hmm. like Yachi is a single father him and his um his uh former wife like they like he is the stay-at-home dad basically he has property that he rents out so he's a landlord and so that allows him to be stay-at-home father and they divorce so she's out working on her own whatever and she sees the daughter when she can but you know how japanese work culture is right it's not that flexible so she doesn't get to see her daughter often so she's their daughter kana is mostly at home with the father and so he opens the door and all of a sudden it's this white dude from canada named mike who's like hi brother and rojan's like what the fuck (laughs) and so it's like this story about mike coming into this family and um rojan not rojan sorry yachi um sort of confronting his 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 emotions and his feelings and sort of like the knee-jerk reaction of somebody uh, like a Japanese male of his age to you know this gay white man and um the fact that like he clearly loved his brother and he loves his brother too but like he doesn't understand like how to treat his brother and we kind of delve deeper into that like he remembers basically like when his father his brother came out to him and how like his brother never changed but he did and he didn't realize at the time that he changed but he looking back he can see how he changed and why his brother had to leave and we see like the influence of um mike in the community like where a little boy who go like not a little boy um one of kana's friends her his older brother is like in middle school and he comes lurking around the house because he wants to see Mike because he's like I've never 
he's like, I'm gay. And I, I just realized that I never met somebody who was like me here. I didn't even know there were people like me. And like, especially here and now seeing you here, you know, it's good that I can talk to you. Mm-hmm. And um, they meet also to like Rojan's, um, one of like Rojan, when he was a student, he knew another gay student. So the two of them used to like go off and like get gay magazines and stuff like that. Um, and so Mike and that guy meet and they, you know, they go to dinner, like in a, like a faraway place. He's like, and the guy, right. I can't remember his name. He's all, he's like, I'm never going to go. Out. I'm never coming out of the closet. Like, I'm just, that's just not something that's worth it. Um, living in, in this country and I'm just never going to do it, but I'm happy that, you know, I can talk to you and I can be myself because I don't have opportunities to do like that, to be like that. And so you, you see that like that kind of influence and then you have like Kana who's so like she's such a beautiful little girl and I love that she just basically is just like I don't understand every time like her like they come something comes up that you know her father as the adult is like this is how things are she's like but I don't understand I don't get it like when you know he's like oh um when they're trying to explain Mike right to her because she's like oh two men can get married and he and Mike is like, yeah, in Canada, two men can get married. It's perfectly fine. And she's like, but wow. dad, why can't they do that in Japan? And he's like, oh, that's just not how it's done. She's like, why? And then like she's talking to her friends, and her friends are like, but wait, does that mean that two women can get married? And she's like, oh, I don't know. So she goes over and asks her dad. And like it's it, it's so good because then it also makes Ryojin be like, wait a minute, like. I can't just give her, like, this is how things are done. Like, that's just, that's not logical, right? So Mm -hmm. it kind of makes him confront his own prejudices, right? And, like, the knee-jerk reactions that he had and, like, the things that changed for him when his brother came out. And, like, it's a beautiful story, though, because they really do connect. Like, Kana obviously loves Mike right away. Like, she, I think, too, though, like, you can see the fact that her parents are divorced and, like, her mom doesn't live with her. Like, that kind of stuff affects her as well, too. So it's really easy for her to latch onto family when they are around. But she, like, this pure love for Mike. Mike is a really good guy. And, you know, he gives um, Yachi, like, a lot of perspective um, as well, too, about, like, his own experience about, like, you know, coming out, even being from a liberal, like, a liberal country with liberal parents and how that, you know, it's like a cultural thing right Mm -hmm. but like at the end Yachi like his whole thing is that he finally feels like he loves like he understands his brother more and that makes him regret obviously the the fact that he never went to see him he missed the wedding like all this kind of stuff is and you know obviously like Ryojin is buried in Canada he's not even in Japan so it's it was like really hard for him to sort of like confront his own prejudices and like to move past it like to the extent where he's like I don't even know if my my daughter is going to be straight or gay and I don't want her to like be afraid to come out to me right and so mm-hmm. at the end it's really it's really beautiful because it's like he accepts Mike but like through accepting Mike he accepts his brother and like mm-hmm. he has a better relationship with that so Aww, yeah it's cute it was so beautiful and it's so well drawn too like and I like that like they balance the serious stuff with the cute fun stuff I wish the, like, the drawings themselves are, like, not in color. But if they were in color, I'm sure the food would have made me hungry. Because they ate a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was bawling at the end of it. Like, I was, like... Because, like, one of the themes in it is that, like, whenever he's thinking of his brother, he's either looking in a mirror, because they're twins, right? So he's looking in a mirror, or he's, like, looking at his shadow. 
and so like that was like sort of like a recurring theme in there um so mm-hmm. yeah it was really hard well like i i'm not surprised that it got like all the words it got in like the japanese and for the japanese and the english translations uh mm-hmm. but it's from um gengoro tagami tagami and the uh, mangaka is like a very out you know person who who's and this is i guess his first like all ages work so he probably might do things that are just like for specific age groups maybe more for adults whatever uh but yeah wonderful wonderful story i gave it a five out of five it it was honestly like one of the best things that i've read oh i love that yeah okay but definitely definitely if if you are a crybaby like me oh have some tissues handy guys and the thing is really sad things don't actually happen in it like Ryojin dies beforehand their parents are dead for years before that so it's not like any like really sad things happen in it you know (laughs) but but it's just like life is hard you know what I mean and then adding all of these other things make it even harder so that's really what the what what like I I think caused the emotions so yeah anyways uh let's get to dramas and uh what are you watching I'm not watching anything. <laughs> I've just been, Fair. I've okay. been busy. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not judging you. My goodness. <laughs> so anyways, we, me and the Nikki's are watching My Girl. And, we are. Uh, We're on episode me, oh, four? Four, yes. So this is a 2005. We can't, oh, are we actually going to read the synopsis now? Because remember we said we were going to watch the show without reading the synopsis. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, now we, we are, I mean, we already watched it. So we already know what it's about. I mean, I feel yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm just wondering that people know. A native of Jeju Island, uh, Ju Yurin lives with her father who is addicted to gambling. Because of her father's debts, Yurin has become particularly skilled at lying and grifting. When her father escapes the island to hide from his debtors, Yulin is determined to support herself and clear up her debts. One day, she meets Sol Gongchan, the sole heir to the Lavenue Hotel Fortune. To grant his father's dying wish, uh, Gongchan employs Yulin to act as his grandfather's long-lost granddaughter. Offering a monthly salary plus bonus, he asks her to do what she does best, to put on an act. Not wishing to lie to a dang man, yet desperate for the money, Yulin takes the offer and starts playing the long-lost daughter. Through a strange twist of fate, however, finding his granddaughter makes the grandfather so happy that he makes a complete recovery. Since they have claimed to be cousins, Gongchan and Yurin are forced to live together under one roof, and as time passes, the attraction between them grows. However, love is forbidden for these two who must pass as cousins. The joke being, on Wikipedia, love is forbidden is hyperlinks, and it literally takes you to a link about cousin marriages. Uh, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Especially since, like, they're not even related. She's just pretending. Like, that's the funny <laughs> thing about it, okay? But anyways, I mean, that really tells you everything that you need to know. And because all of that happens in, like, the first three episodes. Uh, so, Yulin is... Um, okay, first of all, her dad's debt. We thought, like, it was, like, a small amount. But it was, like what like 50 grand 100 grand or something like that it was a lot of yeah, money. yeah it was a lot of money like i don't even know you can borrow that much money from like just random people on the street like but her dad did clearly so we understood after a while why the gangsters were, were like working overtime to get her so that she could 
um, pay them back or, you know, become a prostitute, basically, is what was going on there. Uh, also, they didn't mention the cousin. So it's not just forbidden love between her and the male lead. It's forbidden love between her and the second male lead because the second male lead is the male lead's cousin. And so... <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, he's not a cousin. I thought he was a cousin. What is he? So he's just this... He's the son of one of the major shareholders at the hotel, and he's Gong Chen's oh. best friend. See, guys, um, we all watched it, and we thought this man was his cousin. So I we thought they were related. Yeah, we thought they were related because his mom was like always there, like she was a daughter. So it didn't make sense that she was just like a shareholder. Like, okay, whatever. But also, let's talk about how the grandfather Willy Wonka, because. <laughs> that man, if you watch this drama, that man, literally, the doctor said he will not last the night. You should say your goodbyes now. She walked into that room. That man was cartwheeling. I swear to, like, guys, it was so stupid. <laughs> also, uh, Lee Dong Wook is not cute in it. Like, he definitely grew into his looks. Sorry. Uh, but uh, in terms of how we actually enjoyed the drama, the first two episodes were really entertaining. They were fun. The second, the the last two episodes that we watched, episodes three and four, were boring as fuck. Like, they so boring. had nothing to do with nothing. And they just, like, outside of the fact that that's when they finally, like, introduced her to the grandfather and he, you know, um, got better. That's really the only thing of note for those two episodes. It was, it felt like two different shows. Which is crazy it, to say, but it literally we, felt like two different so shows. At this point in the time, we are just like, we kind of hope it's like a Anastasia type thing, you know, and she really is the daughter. Because that would be fun, yeah. but we know it's probably not going to be that at all. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how people watch episode three and four and thought, oh my God. I'm I'm definitely gonna be there for five and six because five and six is where I got the jump to the twenty percent. Literally, it was like in the teens for the first two four episodes, and then the fifth and the sixth episodes where it jumps into the twenty percent, and that's where I guess it kind of hit some peaks. So I know we'll see. We're still oh, watching it. Okay. Obviously, yeah. Obviously, um, if it's bad, we might actually have to drop it, but we're hoping we don't have to. Drop we're hoping because it. we it, it's one of those. Yeah, it's a classic drama, right? Say, it's yeah, it's like a very people... classic drama. We're just waiting. We'll wait and see. Yeah, it's just, it's not looking good for it. It's not looking good for it at all. All right, so obviously, <laughs> the one drama that we've been watching forever <laughs> that we have loved to death is The Real Has Come, and it's winding down, guys. Like, the real has come. We were like, we were very, soon. we were like taken aback because we were like, oh my god, the like it's we're on epi- we're about to be what episode forty five, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Like, there's only five right. more episodes of this. Well, I guess six, six in total, more episodes of this. Right, right. <sighs> Sad face emoji. Sad face emoji. It was a it was a, so... it was a moment. It was a journey. Yeah, so this, these two episodes were in, were a mixed bag for me anyways. So we saw that the nun is Strawberry's daughter. They did a blood test. And Nat and I kept, Nat and I were just like, is she the, is she, is she the, <laughs> I, know, I like how we never like remember what happens the week before ever either. 
Because I don't know why you're like, oh, we saw that the nun is strawberries. Did we even mention the nun? I don't think so, because the nun showed up last week. <laughs> you know, it's fine. <laughs> Basically, uh, Tae Kyung was helping Graham Helmini get her, find her strawberries. And in Korea, I guess you just give your blood to the police and they just store it or something like that so they were able to make a match and she met this nun lady and the nun lady was all like i you know when they first met she's like i have this this blank thingy and it's the strawberry it's like um sewn handkerchief baby blanket i don't know but anyways grandma how many was like oh yeah that's mine and she started crying and she got really emotional and so um they did a dna test and the dna test did prove that the nun name i cannot she was 100 that bitch yeah she basically was but because she's a nun and she actually like we as nikki said we weren't sure she was scamming her uh especially since we kept thinking that she was a scammer (laughs) right like because like the way the 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 way like episodes 42 and 43 ended or right 41 and 42 ended we were just like wait is she for real because then she all of a sudden says to jenwa hi brother or some shit like that we're like wait what the fuck is going on (laughs) right right so we find out that she is jenha's older sister so plot twist jenha is part of the gong family allegedly we don't he hasn't done a dna test so (laughs) right uh but (laughs) any But he is, it finds out, yeah, she's the, she's the granddaughter and he is potentially the grandson. And we have, like, it's it sucks because when we came back, it was to Taekyung and Yodun, uh, Yondu, sorry, being so happy and being great parents and being in love and drinking, you know, putting the baby down and having a beer together because, like, parenting is hard. And then at the end of these episodes, it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, everything is upside down. Tipsy turvy, topsy turvy. Uh, so crazy shit, man. After the blood test, Junha starts plotting because he's like, wait a minute. My sister said that she found mom's family because her parents had died, right, in a car accident. And she's and and Sejin, the stalker, lonely, pathetic loser bitch that she is, was. <laughs> She seen she seen Taekyun's. She took she saw Taekyun's number on the nun's phone, like when he called her, and she's like, Taekyun? Is it my Taekyun? And it's like, no, because he was never yours, but also get a life. And then she drops the nun off at the medical center so she can do the DNA test and she sees her talking to Taekyun. So she makes a kind of connection, like, oh, they're doing DNA tests then. And she tells Junha, of course, because she tells Junha everything. And he's like, Oh shit maybe i'm the sibling so he calls his mom <laughs> he calls his sister he calls his sister the nun and she of course is at the house with hano in her arms yodu is like right there how many is right there and he can hear them so he's like jackpot because now he's like i'm part of the family and obviously because i'm blood relations they're gonna like be on my side mm-hmm. and they're going to uh, like allow me to have my baby and now I'll be part of the family so I'll have the money and you know that connection and so he goes over and he's like how many and he's all like <laughs> let me tell you about Jun Hado Jun Hado knows how to plot and make, make plans okay and he's maniacal. Just, the thing about I was gonna say he is so shameless like Jun Hado is so fucking shameless 
Like, not absolutely shame in that man. So he basically goes on this confession tour telling everybody. Like, he goes to Yondu's mom to tell her uh, that I'm he like, is... I'm like, why the- are you telling them? Right, right. But he's he's really, like, he's bringing it. He's bringing it, like, how many, you know, this is your favorite tea, father, uncle, all this kind of stuff. And the thing <laughs> I will say about the family, the family said, fuck this dude. I'm sorry. Hey, we didn't like him what? before. We, we were- like him. We were so like I was like so there was a scene guys where um he like where before before when they just found out that they were um related or whatever and all of them went to take Kyung like the 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 siblings went to take Kyung's house and it was so fucking sweet I was so touched in that moment to be honest yeah it's like after Jonha had come to the house and made his like town hall meeting um, confession about being the grandson. Um, the the next day, the mom because like Yandu and Taekyun were like devastated. Like they literally like went home and cried in separate rooms. Like they were just going yeah, through they it. were so, so sad. So mom was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go over to the house. I'm just gonna bring them some stuff. They're probably going through it." And so she leaves, right? And you think it's just her going there, but then when they wake up the next day and they go. Th- to look through the monitor it's her and the siblings everybody came over except for harmony and the dad so was working it was so sweet and his his siblings sat him down and said fuck that dude we're on your side i was like yes <laughs> but of course junha is working harmony and it's working because she feels guilty because she feels like she failed her daughter and now she's failing her grandkids because you know, he he's really milking the whole like, you know, my parents died and I was alone. But I do believe like I'm not going to lie. I do believe that he is he's being honest about the fact that he was lonely and that he was hurt and that kind oh, of stuff. I, because afterwards, afterwards, he was all like, why did I wait? Why did I feel like this? Like, why am I telling her these things? Like, he was like, <laughs> like he didn't understand why he was feeling this emotional connection to this woman. Right uh so outside of that major story obviously um where um oh i'll just end it with Taekyung goes to grandma and he was like so are you team us or are you team jenha and she's like i'm so sorry i'm so sorry and then Taekyung's like you know obviously he's really hurt and emotional because you know she just stopped being a dick to him um, but he goes home and he's like, okay, well, I guess I have to do what I got to do to protect my family. So he goes over to the house the next day and how many forces, the f- this is when the, how many is forcing the family to eat with Junha, mind you. And the man that she called a prick three, like four episodes ago or whatever, right? Uh, they're eating dinner and, Jun- and Taekyung comes in. He's like, so um, it, since this is going to be a problem, you might as well just take me off of the family registry because there's no way in hell we're both going to be on it. And that was like the big oh yeah. my god moment for the next episode. So talking about the other couples, uh, uh. so Sukyum finds out who, that that lady at the watermelon place, and she actually handles it with far more maturity than I would give like a six year old or eight. I don't even know how old she is, uh, but she's rightfully pissed off at her parents for being for lying basically to her and stuff like that and um i don't know i i i'm kind of interested to see like how that gets resolved mm-hmm. because like what was her reason she didn't really give a reason why she abandoned her daughter 
You know what I mean? Uh, so, and also, I like, think she may have said something in the previous episode, but like, I not in the like before we like when he had first confronted her, he had she had said something, mm. but I didn't care enough to pay attention. I'm not gonna hold you. I didn't care. Well, she gave most of like the I wasn't ready, I was immature, I'm sorry, I'm sorry kind of stuff. But I really want like an actual conversation, like, ma'am. What made you think that abandoning this little baby with a teenager, because they're both teenagers at the time, was a smart idea? And then to find out your daughter's on social media and just stalk her like that? Kind of weird. Uh, so I don't know. And it's because it doesn't also seem like she wants to be her mom now. Like, it, it doesn't seem like that's something that she wants to have. No, she, kinda she just, just like, wants like she, to be, like, she just wants her to be there. Right. She wants to be around her, but not in her life, like, actively as a parent. Uh, so that's going to be really interesting to see. And then Uncle is still in love with Scammer Girl. And they Why? were arguing don't know. one time. <laughs> right. They were arguing and her son heard them. And now he's all sad. But Soojung is there to be the mom that he needs instead of, you know, the mom who gave birth to him because she sucks. So, so we're like 99.02% sure that Soojung is about to adopt that baby. Right. Absolutely. I mean, at this point, it's what he deserves. It's what she deserves. Uh, fuck that woman. You know what's interesting, though? How they just like the other couple with the bitch. Like, how did they, they, they have done nothing with them. They, it's like, oh, their, their problems were magically solved once they had the right. baby. Like, that's crazy. Right. Because right. they were, it like, was like, no, they talked about their secrets. But I'm like, but I don't feel like their story is just, so what they talked about their secrets. Are they going to therapy? Are they, like, give us something more than just being like, oh, well, now he knows she didn't actually abort his child. Like, what? Nonsense. Yeah, no, it. There was no resolution. Like the way that these other couples actually sit down and talk about their problems and work towards being better, this couple did not have that at all. It was like, oh, I was lying about dating somebody. Oh, I was lying about dating somebody. Are we going to keep the baby? Okay, let's not get divorced. And that's it. Literally, that was like the extent of it. And she's, I still don't like her, but you know, what can we do at this point? Uh, but yeah, so that oh oh big big news the dad Sejin's father first of all oh, this man yes. is dying literally literally the story is saying that he could die at any time we don't know what like exactly what it is mostly because i think i missed it but also like okay random anyways so he was at first he moved home um and he overheard Junha talking to Sejin, talking about, I'm going to play my part and I'm going to do what I can to like manipulate these people. Ha ha ha. I'm a villain. Don't you think so? Sejin? Sejin? I'm like, <laughs> it was such, like, the conversation was real weird. I'm not going to lie. Because, like, the way that he kind of ended it was like, don't you agree, Mrs. Ms. Jang? Or should I say Sejin? And I'm like, why is he talking like that? Who's he? Who's he performing for? And then her dad came out of the bathroom, and I was like, oh, okay, that that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, so basically, the dad, honestly, right now he holds all the Trump cards, and real Trump is going to jail. He just had his uh, mugshot taken. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I so yeah, this funny ass TikTok. I'm listening to you right okay. now. Okay, let's continue. Yes. So he's dad is holding the Trump cards for 
this man because he knows he tried to kill him that one time and now he knows beyond like proof that he is also manipulating Hominy. So we're going to see how that pans out. I mean, there's only five episodes left, guys. And it's looking like the the climax is going to be this like probably courtroom battle between Taekyun and Junha. Yeah. So we're going to see how that pans out cuz obviously the, I'm hoping that it takes like the next two to three episodes to be resolved and the last two episodes are just cute and fun. Or is it six episodes? If it's six episodes, four episodes for the story and then the last I want the last two episodes just to be cute just be sli- slice of life. Yeah, yes. exactly. Exactly. So that's what I'm hoping we get. But yeah, it, guys, we watch, we've been watching a lot of dramas, okay? <laughs> like, in general. And I, I am mean, just this one's so good. shocked. I don't care. I don't care. Like, it's a good yeah. drama. I'm just so surprised that, like, the fact that I'm still here every week, like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? And, like, yelling and screaming and being like, what the fuck like i can't believe we're still doing that like 40 something episodes in i would not have expected it at the beginning at the beginning i was like oh it's a weekend drama you know k dramas have been kind of lame lately blah 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 but yeah there guys there are some definitely some diamonds in the rough you just gotta look okay uh but yeah so that was the drama segment we are gonna get into books do you want to say what you read first um sure no, actually, you can go first. Okay, so I'm going to talk about our book of the month book for last month. I'm not going to go yeah. too in-depth because Nikki hasn't it's, finished it yet. I have not finished it. I was unable to finish it. Okay, so that's not this. It's called? I don't know if you guys yeah, have she's got, busy. Got, I don't know if you guys got the memo for the amount of times I've said it this episode, but she's I've been busy. really busy. <laughs> and I'm not just, like, I'm not, knows I'm not, like, over-exaggerating because I complain to no. her every fucking day. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's true. So the book of the month for last month was called The Gunkle. And this is the synopsis. So Patrick, or gay uncle Patrick, Goop for for short, um, has always loved his niece, Maisie, and nephew Grant. That is, he loves spending time with them when they come out to Palm Springs for week-long visits or when he heads home to Connecticut for the holidays. But in terms of caretaking and relating to two children, no matter how adorable, Patrick is honestly a bit out of his league. So when tragedy strikes and Maisie and Grant lose their mother and Patrick's brother's health has a, sorry, and Patrick's brother has a health crisis of his own, Patrick finds himself suddenly taking on the role of primary guardian. Despite having a set of gunkle rules ready to go, Patrick has no idea what to expect. Having spent years barely holding on after the loss of his great love, a somewhat stalled career, and a lifestyle not so suited to a six and nine-year-old. Quickly realizing that parenting even if temporary, isn't solved with treats and jokes, Patrick's eyes are open to a new sense of responsibility and the realization that sometimes even being larger than life means you, you're unfailingly human. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I actually also gave it five out of five. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the book. I don't want to like go too in depth, but I will say that like, I know in the beginning, it feels like he is like, jack from um will and grace times 10 uh and so it kind of he kind of feels like very character he feels very like, like yeah he feels very like yeah. oh what i'm gay what do you mean by you don't like you don't know what brunch is and like just like very out of tune for what right like but i will well no i'll tell you that after. well that's to be discussed at the show 
at the yeah. book club meeting. But anyways, <laughs> um, fair enough. Yeah. Okay, so like but that's why like in the beginning better now because you said that the beginning is just takes a while to get through, and so I'm yes, like, okay. Yeah, I just I just think the author did a bit too much with the uh, sound of music, the stars born. Marlene Dietrich, Marlene Dietrich, you know, like, it's just a bit too much at the beginning. And then as the story unfolds, you'll see that like, it's it is a story once again, like, my brother's husband, like about loss, and how Mm -hmm. like, loss that like happens off screen. But I I like that it's lost from these different perspectives, because Patrick is not like, even though he's like the the character, obviously the POV character, um, it, he He's one of those those people who are just very much self-aware of themselves. And so they're very much aware of other people. And so he can also understand loss from his brother's perspective, from the children's perspective. And we see like also not just the loss, obviously, of, of, Sa- of Sarah, who was his best friend. So basically, they met in, in college, college. In uni, and yeah. they and then she fell in love with his brother and had kids and so we we see how the loss of Sarah is also him confronting like his friendship with Sarah and how like he basically like when she started dating his brother he got really jealous like feeling like she was replacing him uh with like a straight fuckable version of himself right and so he also fell in love with Joe at the time and so he basically used that kind of as an excuse to run away from her because he he's like I just can't picture my life without you but like you're doing this with my brother it's weird you know and so they kind of they like they were still friends but that you could see that they had like this kind of strangest to their relationship and then he lost joe first um in a car accident it was like a drunk driver um situation and he basically like even though he had such Me success with his toilet but yes so she's saying everything uh, anyways uh, oh uh, i'm well I'm, i mean i feel like this is I, th- I thought you had already got to the information about joe sorry um oh, I, I did i did get to i'm sorry i'm sorry okay to... i'm gonna be very big then okay so what i wanted to say well actually what i was like sort of gearing up towards to talk about was also the fact that he deals with like the unresolved issues that he has with joe and how it ties to sarah and like the kids and mm-hmm. basically like i don't like i feel like it it dealt with loss. It dealt with sibling friendships. It 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 deals with sense of self and also just like being a marginalized person in a world that is still like even though it has improved is not completely one hundred percent there. Um, I thought that like that was was handled in like the second half of the book so beautifully, and like the way that like he grows up. Or I wouldn't say grow up. I think the way that he matures and the and the way that like the kids help him unlock himself mm-hmm. in a sense, like because he was so guarded for so long. Like I feel like that was like really beautifully handled, and then that also allowed him to you know understand why he was in Palm Springs. You know what's going on with his career, and also just help him work through his issues with his siblings as well. Because like you know his brother, you know he's in rehab. His sister's yeah. kind of a bitch. And so, like, this That's also helps. <laughs> uh, well, this is going to help, like, him and them become better. And I think that was, like, one of the better, like, the best parts of the stories. And the fact that, like, even though there are bad actions that happen in it, 
they're really like from the characters that we know so far or whatever like there are no bad people they're yeah. just people trying to figure shit out and i thought that was so beautifully handled like it like at the end of it i was like oh so so good <laughs> you know Aww. i don't like i don't like really like i i do like like i've realized that I've, i i do enjoy self-aware characters characters who are just like okay let me take a step back and think about maybe how I should have reacted to this differently or is this my limit or it's like I like characters like that um I don't like characters who just think they're the shit I it's just never been really appealing to me um and so Patrick in that sense started to grow on me after a while like after he stopped proving how gay he was he started really like growing on me as a person and like I got almost all of his references on top of that so that was fun <laughs> but yeah I actually really enjoyed the story I'm very happy that we had to read it and at first I was like I don't know if I'm gonna like it um I like because I didn't really know what it was about one and so I was like is this like uh, you know is this like a coming out story is oh, this, no, like I, I mean, wouldn't I knew what it was. no I knew yeah. what, I knew it was about like him um taking care of his best friends like kids after she died i knew that because it's like and i thought it was like i thought it was gonna be too heavy too i was like ooh. i was like i haven't read anything in so long i'm like maybe i should start with like something that i know like a romance <laughs> novel or something like that you know what i mean no but sometimes like i just need i think for me personally like sometimes you need mm -hmm. that refresher on your palette like you just like for me yes. because i read because especially the kindle unlimited like you're reading so many of those like monster or like romance but then it's not like i don't know no offense to romance writers and stuff but like there's not really a lot of like very warm heartfelt romances you know what i'm saying if that makes sense mm, yeah no i i totally understand what you mean and like i don't need a happy ending if i wanted something that like was cute and fluffy and had a like especially, happy ending whatever well i was gonna say especially with like this new generation too where everybody right. kind of just writes like, I feel like Dark. there's people that you can tell that, like, their passion is writing and they're, like, really, like, they that's what they want to do and that's what they're here for. They're, they're there to cultivate and craft their writing. And, but then mm -hmm. some, it's just like, oh, it's very clearly just, like, a money grab type thing, you know? Right. Right. Or, like, just them writing out their fantasies at the end of the yeah. day. Like, it's not, it's like this, this, like, these two stories that I read were not just about, like, the story that they were telling about these characters, but I think they, like, had life lessons in along the way, right? Um, mm -hmm. Like, there's this really interesting part, like, I, not a spoiler, but, like, in the Gunkos that I loved, which when he was, um, he was going through stuff, you know, with Joe and whatever, like, and, like, thinking about him and stuff like that, and he looked up at the stars and he's like, you know, all of these stars are like how many years away from us, right? Like, or so it's like, how can we move forward when all we do is look at the sky and view the past? And I thought that was like, so like, very well written, obviously, like, like the writing in this is actually really good, like once you get into it. But like, it's one of those things that you don't really think about, right? Um, and so I just thought like, this book, like this story was, it, it was just enriching. And, like, sometimes you need that. Sometimes, like, like that's why I love the book club, because these are all books I would never have picked up myself. <laughs> not because, like, I'm, like, against them, but just, like, I never would have thought to pick it's these just up, that you know, like. like, in your radar often. Right. Obviously, like, um, Kindle Limited, it's, like, mangas and, and monster porn stuff. Yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. 
Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, me, so um, let me read. Con- <clears throat> continuing with saying that Kindle Unlimited has um, monster porn and turbo romance, I read. <laughs> <laughs> I read Twisted Game, which is book one in the Filthy Wicked Psychos series by Ava Ashwood. Um, once again, story time as to why I even read it. I am doing the Kindle challenge, right? And so one of the badges was that I had to read one book from a popular seat from their popular series. And then I was like, well, obviously I'm not going to buy any book. Um, so instead I looked at what was free on Kindle Unlimited and then they had a shit ton of Colleen Hoover. And I was like, I read one Colleen Hoover book and that is enough to last me a lifetime. And then I couldn't, so then I was like, Oh, give me something that's like non, not, not nonsense, but like something that is just going to be easy and quick. And so that's why I picked up this book. Um, I was the girl no one looked at twice until they saw me. My whole life, no one has had my back. My parents are dead. My adoptive mother is a drug addict. And the mean girls on campus mock me for my scars. So when I end up desperate for money and out of options, I agree to sell the one thing I have left, my innocence. On the night I meant to give my body to a brutal Russian mobster, three men storm into the room like dark shadows and kill him before he can call me. When they drag me from the blood-soaked bed, I'm certain they're going to kill me too. They don't, but they don't forget about me either. These three dangerous brothers will do anything to make sure I keep my mouth shut about what I saw, even if it means stalking my every moment. I'm a loose thread to them, but somehow I'm becoming more than that too. I'm becoming an obsession, a temptation, a craving. And no matter how much I try to deny the terrifying attraction that pulses between us, I know if I don't find a way out of this tangled web soon, their darkness will swallow me whole. And then it just, the little blurb. So anyways, um... Was that written by chat GP? Like, I just feel like it was. I'm sorry. (laughs) You're so funny. Honestly, it could have been. Um, you know what? It wasn't bad, right? Um... It wasn't bad and it wasn't like amazing. You know what I'm saying? So we mm-hmm. have this girl. Um, I don't even know what her name is. Wait, actually, that's a lie. I know her name. It's Willow. So Willow, she, um, she's like, you know, she's like 22. She's going to college. She's down on her luck. She's like works at a strip bar, a strip club, but not like as a stripper because she she um was adopted. So she, she was in a fire when she was a baby and then she got adopted by a whore and the whore treats her like shit so she's been working since she was 16 and then the only place that would hire her because her mom would always steal her money because her mom's like a terrible fucking person um her adopted mom anyways the terrible fucking person she would always steal her money so then she ends up working at the strip club gets into college but then they're like oh we're gonna kick you out because you can't pay the bill so then she's like fuck what am i gonna do so then she asked if she can become a stripper and then a man was like no you're too fucking ugly like what why would I put you on stage? You're you have like scars all over your body. So then she leaves um the strip club all sad, but then he was like, Wait, are you a virgin? He was like, Why am I asking that question? You're hideous, of course you are. And so she she's <laughs> <I'm> sorry. Her. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> she decides to sell her virginity. So she goes to this like place where she's supposed to sell her virginity and then in come these three guys. So they have the corniest names known to man. Um ransom malice and victor 
Victor, I'm not bad. So but Rand with Malik. I'm so done. But Victor is clearly like what, like Russian. So I mean, it's already like kind of a <laughs> scary name, I guess. But okay. <laughs> but yeah. So then they come in and they kill this mobster because he like killed their mom. Because and then when he when they asked, he was just like, "Oh, she was like innocent. They, oh, she was just wrong place, wrong time." So then when she when he, they were about gonna kill her, and then um ransom not ransom yeah ransom ransom was like, "No, no, no, you guys, if we do that, we're the same as the guy that we just killed." I don't Nikolai. I don't know. Honestly, it could be Nikolai. It was very. It could be Nikolai. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sorry. Vladimir or some shit. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's Russian. It's a Russian name. It's probably very, very stereotypically Russian as well. So yeah. Yeah. So um they yeah, so then they like um they end up saving her, but then obviously they're stalker and like she she's like, Oh, I have to leave because like she can't afford school, but then they paid for school and yeah. They have to, so they were part of like some kind of secret organization and they have to do what this person says. The person would be like, oh, go this place or go that place and blah, blah, blah. It was, it wasn't bad. Like I didn't start getting like, so like I was like, I was reading it and I wasn't bored. Um, I started getting bored as soon as like she, um, they forced her to leave her school to live with them. And here's my, th- okay, here's the, here's the, the problem with this book. Okay, here's what this book did well. Um, they made... Of all their characters, the the most interesting is Victor. Um, they did not they did not make the the female lead feel very like, um, even though yes she was in a bad position, it wasn't very woe unto me type thing. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like a woe special snowflakes type deal. If that makes sense, it wasn't sense. Cinderella. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they the sex scenes were well written. I will say, like I did, the sex scenes were good. So I would give it um three things that they did right, which was those three things. Um, what they did bad. Why do they like her? I don't know that. I literally cannot tell you why they fucking like her. Although the sex scenes were written well, why was she dreaming of him fucking her like the day they met? Like what? Like you just saw this man blow this person's brains out in front of you and then the next the, the next day you're the next night you're dreaming about them fucking you right then also like the story was a mess the story was a mess that's that's the only way to describe it it was it was messy and stupid and so contrite and very unbelievable like she, they bugged the entire apartment and so every time she's like like masturbating and shit they see it and it was weird like i don't know uh, and then it ends with because so the secret mafia person who like gives them missions was like oh you know you have to like sleep with her so then when they they like slept with her but then they also had like videos of her and they sent it to the mafia person and the mafia sent an email back it was like oh thank you for this or something and so then she's like oh my god they used me for my body and so she leaves yeah, yeah. I have no interest in reading <laughs> anything else in this series, but I did get my badge, so. <laughs> That's all that matters. That's all, all that matters. Way. I gave it two out of five stars. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, about where I would have given it um, the stars. So, yeah. All right. We are at the freestyle, and we decided to 
prematurely celebrate Blackpink's disbandment. <laughs> so, <laughs> we are going to rank. <laughs> We're like so annoying though, guys. Um, you know, it's seven years of Blackpink, but also it's very likely there will be disbandment. So we're giving we're giving you guys some fun because we we feel like we haven't given you guys some fun things in a while true and so we are going to do a tier list of all what do you what was it 44 45 of their 35 of their songs well 35 of their songs Seven year career in Korea. I think no, they, it was like forty three or something because this list includes the solos too. Oh wow! Wow, <laughs> seven years a K-pop group and all you have is forty three songs. That's actually crazy. I don't care what anyone wants to say, which is why we're like, this is the thing. Like Blackpink disbandment, disbanding. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter right. to us. Like it, and I, I don't say that in like a way of like. Because it's not like there's some like um like they're not re- they don't release music often enough for me to be like oh no we're gonna be missing a pillar of musical talent or anything like that you know what I'm saying right but it's also like so if they're if they disband I'm like oh yay because I I would like to see the other girl like the girls branch out and see what they're doing and if they stay together I'm like uh, okay I guess because it's 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 not gonna affect him either way I feel like we're not gonna get music anyway you know either way, either way. unless it's for a game. Clearly, because they just dropped that game thing. Can we not talk uh, about that? Let's move on. <laughs> so we have our tier list, and we um we have our categories. So from you know the amazing to the terrible. Yes. So Jenny Supremacy, and that is our ten out of ten, top of the top, top top notch, can't be affected category then we have masterpiece which is like you know it's good but it's not jenny good you know yeah, i feel like people don't understand that they could be good but jennifer kim is like the next level you know what i mean <laughs> just love that. but yes yeah. and then we have chaylisa which is more middle ground you know could bop to on a good day could bop to on a bad day you know it's whatever right then we have Bring 21 back. <laughs> yeah. I've been saying this for Blackpink's entire career, so it's not. And those are new. that's for those songs that are like, really, why did you even write this? And then we have Dozen. Um <laughs> <laughs> and if you know, if you know, you if know. You know, you know. know. It's if fine. you don't know, it's, it's okay. But yeah, it's okay. Like the worst songs, like Terrible songs. I would not want to listen to again type songs. No. Okay. Right. Exactly. Are we ready for this? I feel uh, like I have to like zoom in. It's so like tiny. So tiny. I know. It's like, yeah. Okay. Pink in your area. Yeah. All right. So we start off with as if it's your last. Um, Jenny, Jenny Supremacy. Supremacy. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> that's a good ass song. That's a good so ass song. Good. Although I do blame it for the beginning of um, Lisa's Nigaboo journey with the rapping. <laughs> but it's yeah. still such a good song. Yes, it, it really is. And it's so different from like the rest of their catalog. But it's it doesn't like it doesn't stand out in a bad way. No. You know what I mean? Like it's definitely yeah. like a a pop avenue that they should have got into, I think. Okay, next we have Betuana. 
I actually I really do like it. Okay, I'll play it for you. Don't worry. Yeah. We knew this would happen, and I came. We came right. here. We have like their album so that we could like always listen. But this is the one with Cardi, and I actually do like it. I'm not gonna lie. Like pink. Cardi. Where you wanna go? Uh, I want to make your blind everything I want. Okay. So I would say Chalisa for me. Yeah, for me, it's Masterpiece because I do listen to it a lot. Okay. Yeah, that was from the album. Not a right? lot, but I listen to it enough that I like, I, I do enjoy listening to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's fine. Okay, then we have uh, Bumbaya. Um, um, okay, here's my. You know what? That's not a song I go back to that. Here's my thing really? with Bombaya, right? Yeah. Um, I don't like the chorus, but I think no. the verses are good. I think the raps are good. Um, and I think it's like a a good like intro intro song, you know? Yeah, but I, do think- I I agree. But it's like it's also the case of like I. Like you said, I wouldn't go back to it, but like I don't know. I just I don't feel like like for me personally, it's not like a, it's definitely not a dozen, and it's not. But it could be a bring twenty one back. But but I do like that the, because Jenny's yeah. I just want you guys to know. Any song that I like, it's probably either Jenny has the most lines or Jenny raps. Like I, I'm just gonna be upfront and honest. Um, but the thing is. In Bumbaya, when she says, that girl you heard about, yeah, it's me, Jenny. I just feel like that's very iconic. So I'm going to put it in Chelisa. I'm going to put it there, too. Because, once again, like, it's not a song I go back to. But I feel like you can't, like, if Blackpink is on tour, they have to perform Bumbaya. Like, I, I just don't think that they can. But like, I just, I hate the chorus. It. But I hate the chorus. Yeah, but... I hate the chorus. I love the beginning, though. I'm a spy girl. You know I am. I'm so hot. I need a hand. I don't want a boy. I need a man. Like, I like that <laughs> intro. And, like, and like them on the, the motorbikes at the beginning, too. Like, listen. Jenny went hard. Yeah. Like, and Lisa, and, like, even the beginning, too. That black pink in your area. area. Like, I just yeah. think that's, like, a really good intro. It's Chalisa. Yeah. Okay. All right. Then we have... Crazy over you. Okay, over I'm you. biased. I'm biased. Oh, I'm not gonna lie. That's an interesting one. Jenny Supremacy. I'm biased. <laughs> I'm biased. I don't know. I, she sounds fantastic yeah. on that song. Her little yeah. rap did a call back to Forever Young, which is my favorite Blackpink song. Like, right. And they did an anti drop, which they've not done in most of any like any of their other job songs. Can either. you play a little bit of it? And also, I'm a sucker for like um, traditional instrumentals. Banana kiss and tell. Send girls to wishing well. Oh, if you're okay. my man, um, I, I think want it's you to myself. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, what do we have? Oh, do it to a remix. So I thought we weren't going to include do- remixes. Well, no, it's on the thing. If it's on the th- we're just oh. doing what's on the thing. So do it to a remix. I um, don't know what this is i don't think i mean i if i, I have listened to it song it's been years here's the thing did it do a remix i'm gonna put it in bring 21 back the reason why if you had asked me before i saw them live i would have put mm-hmm. it in dozen but with the live band it goes so fucking hard mm, but okay. I'll, let me see i think they might have a live band um version of it 
Because, like, with the live band, they, it does go fucking hard. So, like, that's the only Did they not perform it like that at Coachella? Um, not the remix. Okay. So, this is the live band version. I put in Chalisa. It's like, it just feels like, um... I mean, it's it's so similar to the original, and I love the original, so it's just whatever. Yeah, like, because the thing is, like, but the thing is, I don't listen to it enough, so I can't put it in Chaley's because I don't listen to it. But, like I said... Oh, you're right, you're right. So, like, it's 21 back. Yeah, Yeah. but like I said, like, live, it sounds so fucking good. Like, particularly... I already know what song I'm going to say is, like, super good live, and then you hear it on the album, you're like, what the fuck? I already know. Oh, I'm curious to know. Played. Okay. <laughs> so next we have Don't Know What To Do. I don't know okay, what that's, to do. I love that song. I'm not going to lie. I don't know what to do. do. For me, it's Chalisa. I don't, listen, hey, I don't really hey, listen to hey. it. I think it's a masterpiece. I actually really like the lives that they did for it, too, because they were mm. dressed in, like, those really summery yes, girl I, the, looks. The, the, the I don't know. I love the but I don't, I don't consider yes. it a, a masterpiece, unfortunately, because, mm. like, Okay. If it comes on, I'll listen to it, but I'm never like actively trying to listen to. Don't know what to do. Do 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 do, do. Jenny Supremacy. I mean, <laughs> why? that's not even like a question. It's like, of course, <laughs> of course. It oh is. my god! They've literally created ten songs that sound exactly like it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, oh, another, another Jenny Supremacy. Supremacy. <laughs> Forever young, 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 young. Forever young boy, so we about to die. <laughs> that pink is the revolution. 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 That life's a revolution. big Let me tell you, movie. That, that is literally in every gym playlist that I, I have on my Listen, phone. though. Like, anytime I'm working out, that is the song every that has to be played. Every time I think of Forever Young, I remember when armies were like, oh, we have a, a song called Forever Young, and all Blackpink is talking about girls want to have fun, they want to dance, 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 and ours is so meaningful. I'm like, eh, losers. Who cares? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, so Next is Gone. Uh, what, mm, how does that even go? I don't even know how that song goes. That's the one with the guitar. From what I remember. Already gone. No. Oh wait. I, I think I have to listen to it a little bit because I really can't yeah. remember it. Oh damn! I I would have to like look up her separately. So I guess I won't listen to Gone. <laughs> I mean, I don't remember it word for word or anything like that. But I do remember the MV to Without White Man because On the Ground wasn't bad. But I remember when I heard the song. This is like. Her oh, well, Swift I know song. I like I I know I like gone. I know if it's gone, I do know I like it more than I like on the ground. So, right, I'm gonna put it in Chaylisa. Okay, I put it in Bring Twenty One Back. Okay, I'm gonna put it there uh, too. So <laughs> I was just trying to be nice. <laughs> hope not. I don't remember this song. Um, hope not. I know it's. I think it's like. Is good, it the ballad? But, yes, but I think it's only good. Oh, okay. I think it's good, but I think it's only good, like, um, on the album, maybe? I can't remember. Mm. Oh, it's on the Kill This Love album. Okay. Anyways, I'm going to put that back. Yeah, I'm going to put it in Dozen, because all the songs... Actually, no, I'm going to put it in Dozen, because I don't think Oprah... I, I'm yeah. going to put it in dozen, actually, because Hope Not is yeah. really not a good 
um, ballad. All right. It's How you like that? We like that. I'm going to put it in. Bada boom, bada bing, bing, bing. You know, it kind of grew on me a little bit. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's a masterpiece. It has always been. No, it was never. It wasn't always for me. Um, yeah. because once again, once Lisa's like black scent rapping started getting a lot, it just became very much for me. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, but so me. Ice, cream ice cream doesn't. I hate that song. I fucking hate that song. Yeah, I. I mean, I like. I don't like it. Um, I thought it was cute to look at. I think that was the only thing I could think of. Oh, now I'm just remembering the melody. Looks so dead and looks so sweet. Oh, yeah, it was a bad song. Okay, so here's the thing. Ice cream chilling, about- chilling. Ice cream chilling. <laughs> here's the thing about Kick It. I hated every B-side on that How You Like That um, album, but Kick It Live sounds so fucking good. Yeah, but I'm because still putting of the that, band. In, I'm still putting that shit in um, Dozen. Um, because every time Lisa, because every time Lisa raps, does that kick it rap, I literally want to gouge my eyes out. So yeah, like, she says kick it they- a lot. Like, I understand <laughs> that's the name of the song. I want to kick now. Like, oh my God, it sounds so, ugh. Yeah, the song is so good until she starts rapping. Yeah. So this is Kill This Love. I'm going to put that in, let's kill this love. Damn. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bum, 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 bum. Okay, no, I'm gonna put in Chelisa because it's not like that. That good. I'm gonna put it in. Bring, I'm gonna put it in. Bring twenty one back because the thing is, like, it's not like I. It's not that I hate it, but like I would like if that came on a song list, I'm skipping it because I just don't really like it. But it's not you a know bad what? I'm gonna put song. It down too. But it's not I'm a bad song. You. you know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. not a bad song, but like yeah. when it comes on, I would skip it. Like, I'm not going to lie. All right. Kiss and makeup. Yeah. I'm going to put oh, that in Chalisa. Me too. Me too. It's a cute song. Um, I will say, too, with about Kill This Love, like, I feel like How You Like That was a better sequel to yes. Do. And exactly. I think that's the problem. Because it was catchier and it was funner. Like, I, exactly. I think that Kill This Love was just kind of a basic, even more basic version of How You Like That. You know what I mean? So... Yeah. But the okay. thing is, how you like that was def- like even though it's basically the same, like like you said, it's the same as Kill This Love, right? But it also starts off so tonally different too, you know, which is which I really like. Even though Kill This Love also has like that amazing Jenny starter where she does like you know, which is yeah. good. But yeah. Kill This Love is that's where it goes. Um, La Lisa. I'm gonna be honest. I actually don't remember how this song sounds. I only like the tie breakdown, I'll be very honest. Um, but it kind of, it's like, so it's not, it is a bad song. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to lie. It is a bad song. I did like that tie break that she did um, with like the more I don't remember sounds how it like goes. I don't remember how it goes at all. So I'm going to put it, I'm going to put it. Love, love, Lisa, love, love, Lisa, love, oh, love, <laughs> Trucking, 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 like I think I like. Uh, okay, um, love me, hate me. Here's the thing. I don't can't remember that. Oh, I'll play it for you. It's 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 not bad. Here's the thing. I actually really I would say I gen generally like love to hate me. But mm-hmm. the problem 
with Love to Ate Me is that like Lisa raps and she gives <laughs> the rap that is just so like irritating that like honestly I stopped because I stopped listening to it like I stopped listening to the song as soon as Lisa's rap comes on Okay, I like that song. I did like that song. Yeah, so I'm going to put in Chaylisa. Yeah. I'm going to put it in Chaylisa because the problem is as soon as Lisa starts rapping, I'm like, bye. <laughs> I'm like, cut the, <laughs> cut the cameras. Dead. Love sick girls, Jenny Supremacy. Yes. We that is like another, another like sort of just out there for them. That's just so good. <laughs> um, What's Money. next? Money. <laughs> oh <my>. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do know how this one goes. Um, here's the thing. I'm not gonna put it in dozen because I'm not gonna act like sometimes if it do come on, I might do a little booty yeah. shake. So I'm gonna put right, it in right. 21 back because, like, that's where I put it. Bad, I do do a little booty shake, it's when not, it comes on. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like it's catchy. Like, that's the thing. I never actively look for this song, but if it comes on, hey, I might twerk a bit. Like, that's how that just works, right? <laughs> um, on the ground. Um, because it's not like a good like it's not a bad song, but it's not. But it's a not good a good song. song. Yeah, I think I'm gonna, I'm, yeah, I think that's where it belongs. Playing with fire. Oh, mm. um, masterpiece. Uh-oh. Masterpiece. Because the thing is, playing playing with fire is so good. Like they're they're doing tropical house and they inverted like Teddy, what happened, Teddy? Teddy, what happened? <laughs> but the only so the reason why it's in masterpiece and not Jenny Supremacy is because Jenny does not have a rap in it. Um, because Lisa stole her rap. Lisa's the rapper. Yeah. So <laughs> Um, I'm gonna put it in Che Lisa because it's like it's even when it came out, it was never one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad song. But I never actually look for it either. Like, if I think about playing a Blackpink song, I never think of playing with fire, to be honest. That's not surprising I, they did it at Coachella. I was like, oh, shit, this song exists. You're right. I'm going to put it in Chelisa, too, because I don't really, I don't think about it often. Okay, Pretty right. Savage. I'm going to put Pretty Savage in Chelisa. If you had asked me when it first came out where I would put it, it would have gone in dozen. But it's grown on me over the years. So I'm going to put it there. Um, so here's the thing. I actually really like I don't hate the song. I still don't really look for it. But I did. I like the live performances because I thought the outfits were cute. Mm -hmm. And seeing them try to twerk or whatever was really amusing to me when I watched the the choreography. So I put it in Chaylisa as well. Um, I just feel like some choreography should not be copied. It just doesn't work for everybody. You know, um, ready for love. Um, you know, I, feel, I, I yeah. really need to, because like we heard that yeah. song so many times before it even came out. Like, I hate it. I really do. Oh, you know what? I think I'm gonna put that in. Bring back Twenty One. It's not a bad song, um, but it's it's. I think it's, it's because it's just like a, because Jenny it's a copy has, of a copy of a copy. Because Jenny has listened to no lines, so it's a bad song for me. I took that personally. Yeah. So yeah, this is the one where they had the cartoons, right? Like the. It's the only thing I remember is just the melody. The, like ready for love, ready for love. That's all I remember. 
Oh, you know what? I'm going to put it up in Chelisa because I remember really liking that song. And it was the Zeppo performance, I remember Probably. too. Yeah, no, not yeah. me. Okay. So, really. If you really, really like me, really like me. Um, I'm going to put it in. Uh, yeah, I feel like anything, honestly, everything from anything that. I was going to say that's why. <laughs> anything that do 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 is fine. Let's be real. Square, square up. Square up. Yeah. The only reason why I doesn't go into masterpieces because once again, Jenny doesn't have a rap. If she had a rap, right. masterpiece. Yeah, that, like, like they, honestly, if they had stopped there and just dropped <laughs> singles afterwards, I would have been fine. I think I would have a higher opinion on the group than after Black, like, the album and whatever, Born Pink or whatever the fuck the last album was. After those came out, I my opinion of them dropped a lot. So, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> See you later. I'm going to put it in masterpiece because I do like it. And I think it's, I think it's, yeah, later. I think, like, I don't love it as enough to be Jenny Supremacy, but I do like it as a masterpiece because I like it live and I like the recorded version as well. Yes. I'm just listening to the intro of it again and I'm like, I mean, obviously, when I actually, like, I don't just play do-do-do. I always play this album. So, like, it's it's definitely a masterpiece for that just a reason alone, okay? Uh, so Hot. Okay, I love the So Hot remix. I'm, I'm not going to lie. You know I love it, too. I love the fucking So Hot remix. I know a lot of Wonder Girls fans hate it, but I love it. Put the I love it, too. At the top, yeah. yeah. What we yeah, want? I love they it. All rock. Have to <laughs> yeah, have to on will. We the only thing to run the game in high heels. Yes, <laughs> yes, I love it. I'm sorry. Okay, so uh, I mean, it's self-explanatory. <laughs> I mean, we call it Jenny supremacy for a reason, guys. Sour candy. Everybody else's fucking. Um, solos. Yeah, solos sound the same. So exactly. Uh, sour candy. The sour candy. So sweetly, the angrier. Sour um, candy. bring back, bring twenty one back. I didn't yeah. not. I like it, Charlie. So I listen yeah. to it more often than not. Um, yeah. Stay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Stay. Stay. I'm sorry, but you're boring. So you're going dozen. A dozen. It's literally just in the dozen right now. Make so, a, um, like a missile. Bomb bomb, bomb. 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 This was honestly their better intro song than yeah. Bumbaya. I'm sorry. <laughs> but there's two of them. Listen, so like they, ugh, the way that Jenny the way Jenny et down that first stage and she when she did whistle, I was like, that's when I well, I mean I knew before that, but in that moment it was secured. I was like, I'm gonna be a Jenny stand for life. So even now that she's dating that loser that won't claim her, I'm gonna stand beside you. <laughs> You'll stand beside her because he won't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Is this again? Oh, so it's one of the reasons. So it's like the acoustic it, version, I guess. Or I like something. both of them, to be honest. I like both of them. Yeah. So I honestly don't. I don't think I've ever listened to that other version. So. Oh, I listen to. Um, I listen to, like I don't skip any version of whistle because I do really like whistle. So. No, me too. So I'm gonna put it in Chelisa just because, like, if it's close enough to the original, just you know, acoustic, it's it's fine um so you never know you never know oh uh, i don't like that song i don't like it either it doesn't yeah pink venom Ooh, controversial opinion i'm putting it in masterpiece i'm not gonna lie (laughs) 
not even gonna hold you. That's where it's going for me. Like, I like it. I think it's, I think it's different. I think it's fun. And it gets me dancing. Taste that pink venom. Taste that pink venom. Taste that And I like when they shoot. Get it, get it, get it. Straight to your door. Kick in the door. Wipe in the cocoa. Um, I'm going to go with. I talk the talk. One way I walk, walk. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Chelisa. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go with Chelisa. I'm still in Celine. Okay, like they was those in their little two pack and biggie bag. They was getting it. Yeah, for me, I'm gonna put in the master because I do like pink venom. Okay, type of girl. Type of girl. Well, okay. I'm the type of girl. The type of girl. I'm not type of girl. I'm not type of girl. But I don't like yeah. it. I'm gonna put it in bring twenty one no. back. I that's exactly where I put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna put it in mm. I'm gonna put that in um Chelisa because if it comes on I'm not skipping it, but I don't like it, if that makes sense. You know? Yeah. That's, I can't so remember if they're the full song. If they're companion to don't know what to do, basically. Because it's, it's basically mm. don't know it's like another version of don't know what to do. I'll be honest, I did not like Born Pink when I listened to it. So, I mean, and like, I mean, even though I've seen the, their, even though I've seen their performances of the songs, it's not, none of them really had that kick it thing where when I heard kick it live. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's like, it's just basically. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, uh, so, like I yeah, said, okay. I don't skip it. Yeah, it's weird because, like, the only song but for me. <laughs> do we both stop to make another person talk? I think so. <laughs> I think so. Um, no, I was just gonna say, like from Born Pink, not a lot of the songs have like grown on me the way that Kick It did. Cause Kick It, when I first heard Kick It, I was like, "This is garbage." And then they performed it live at Coachella last year, and I was like, be- right up to Lisa's well, rap, I was like, "Oh, this is a great yeah, song." They performed it multiple times live. Like during Japan, Japan was their Japan show when she was in the when Jenny was in the green dress. You know the one. That was when I was like, oh, yeah, Kick It's not bad, but I just can't stand Lisa's rap, so. So, like, Kick It live version, yes. Yeah. Kick It, um, what's it called version? No. And that's why I put it in Dozen. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I said, yeah, 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 it's fine. It's not, it's neither here or there for me, so I'm going to put it in Chili, so. Because if it comes on, I'm going to listen to it. Because it's, like, very, like, like you know, festival-y. Mm-hmm. In nature, yes. So, like, Kind of like a which is what they've been doing a lot of so yeah um hard to love that's rose's song i'm gonna put i it like in that Ch- song i'm gonna put it in che lisa because i Thank don't you. listen to it but if it comes out i'm not skipping it because i did like it even though i can't remember it you know what i'm saying yeah that's the same with me like i remember when we did the album review for it i'm like oh this is a night nice- this is a good ass fucking song and then I- but once again i didn't really go back to anything on the album because i was like all kind of bad so, so i can't really remember okay. it okay right ps girl that's the ballad it's going in does it i liked it i'm gonna put in chelisa i did like it i don't even remember how it sounded that's why i can't i can't <laughs> say that it needs to go higher than that because i generally let me listen to it let's see Oh, that sounds, it sounds decent, but, like, they also can never sing that song live, so it has oh, to be absolutely not. Because <laughs> they would never sing not. it live. <laughs> um, Tally, 
Hallie. Then, I hate that song. Um, I no, I genuinely have like a visceral hate to that song. It's going in Tally. I said, "Fuck you," and I feel it. No. Yeah, I feel like it, it, it. Like they think they're just so badass when they do it, but it's so like not it's so at all. Yeah, shut down. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. Shut down. Like if I like shut down a lot more than I like mass. Like that I liked um Pink Venom. Pink Venom. Yeah, so I'm gonna put it in masterpiece. I think Shut Down's a good song. I think it's a good fucking song. Oh, when you need it, 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 shut down. Hey, I'm sorry. Don't <laughs> Jenny, Jenny, listen, Jenny at that shit down. She did. Like, honestly, if they weren't concerned with being equal opportunists by making Jaylisa sing the next verse, it really should have just been um, Jenny, um, Jenny yeah. and uh, Rose singing the chorus for the song. Like it was, it's just so good. Like I like, I like the violin, and I like the rap. Like I like it. Yeah, I'm not gonna hold you. Um, flower. I don't even think I listened to that to be honest. Does it? I did, and I, I mean, we're just gonna put her in her namesake. So doesn't. <laughs> I'm sorry, but the song's going to doesn't. So all eyes on me and flower both went into dozens. Okay. All right. So Jenny supremacy for me. We have as if it's your last crazy over you. Do do. Forever Young, Lovesick Girls, So Hot, Solo, The Two Whistles, and Shutdown. What do you have? I have As If It's Your Last, Do 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 Do, Forever Young, Lovesick Girls, So Hot, Solo, and Whistle. The original version of Whistle. Okay. And then Masterpiece, I have Bet You Wanna, How You Like That, See You Later, and Pink Venom. I have Don't Know What To Do, How You Like That, See You Later, and Shutdown. Um, Chaylisa, I have Boombaya, Don't Know What To Do, Kiss and Makeup, Love To Hate Me, Playing With Fire, Pretty Savage, Really, Sour Candy, Yeah, 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 and Hard To Love. I have Betuana, Boombaya, Crazy Over You, Kiss and Makeup, Love To Hate Me, Playing With Fire, Pretty Savage, Ready For Love, Really, Whistle That Acoustic Version, Pink Venom, Hard To Love, and The Happiest Girl. Um, in Bring Back 21, I have Blackpink, Remake, Do Do Remix, um, Gone, Kill This Love, Money, On The Ground, Type Of Girl, and The Happiest Girl. I have the Do 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 Remix, uh, On The Ground, sorry, Gone, Kick It, Kill This Love, Lalisa, Money, On The Ground, Sour Candy, Type Of Girl, and Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> We're so biased. Um, and does it? <laughs> hope not. Ice cream. Kick it. Lalisa. Ready for love. Stay. You never know. Tally. Flower. And all. All eyes on me. I have hope not. Ice cream. Stay. You never know. Tally. All eyes on me. And flower. Yeah, I think I the most that I have in any category is Chilisa. Which is really no, just middle ground. It's yeah. so funny. I have equal amounts in Jenny Supremacy, Che Lisa, and Dozen. <laughs> so the things that you're very certain of or you're uncertain of are like right, are equal. And then all the other ones are just like, yeah. No, for me, it goes Che Lisa has the most, then bring 21 back. And then Jenny Supremacy and Dozen are tied. And Masterpiece is the, the one with the least amount. Yeah, Masterpiece has the least for me. 
Because the thing is, I think what it is is that, like, you know, obviously I know which Blackpink songs I love. Like, I know what I love. Right. And right. I know what I like a lot. And then with Chelisa, it's just like, it's okay. But then I also know which Blackpink songs I absolutely hate, which are hate. everything that's right. in Dozen, you know? <laughs> right, right. And because they have so few songs, it's like, it's easy just to keep things where they are you know what I mean so I just to keep and to keep track of them too like I could not do this with with GOT7 because they have so no. much music I, there's just no way for me to do something like this, this. like they right, think right. solos like that's crazy also not us putting right. all the group solos in like freaking bring 21 back and does it <laughs> they're just not good though like like it's kind of crazy that jenny only got the one song and everybody got two songs and her one song is still better but than then, the other song i'm sorry i just i just i i sorry you know what 20 like blackpink is known for having ake fans we are we are the ake fans i'm sorry guys this is this is what you created okay this is what you did so we are just falling in line at this point, okay? Um, but also, too, like, it's very clear that we love when they try new things. Because mm-hmm. as if you're last, um, it's like very clear girls, that so like hot. they do different types of sounds. Or not even different types right. of sounds, but even when they just try to... Because, yes, you can argue that everything after do had the same formula. But, like, when you look at Lovesick Girls, it had, like, a different sound. They went more right. um, EDM poppy. And then Shutdown right. they were... was more... Shutdown was definitely more hip-hop influenced than, mo- than most of their... Right. Track, you know? Right. Lovesick Girls kind of reminds me of, like, Icona Pop. Yeah. And I would have loved if they had continued along that line and made, like like i love it type of music you know because i think they would have been good at it it didn't do well right but i think yeah the thing is i don't think it didn't do well because of the style i think it just didn't do well because they did those two releases because they did right. like that as the pre-release and then love sick girls right right with the album and it's then the same like thing. most of the fans the same thing focus with on the pink album venom. it's the same thing with pink venom and shutdown right Shut down yeah because like yeah, because Pink Venom, was Pink Venom came out first, yeah, right. and then Shutdown was the song. So basically, what we're saying mm. is, they should have released the other ones first. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Like All right, so even as if it's your last, like that was. I know a lot of like Blackpink fans hate it, but I really, really, really like that. Why? Song. How do you not like as if it's your last? Like that's such a good. Freaking pop song, and it fucking pop song, and it like highlights them so well without losing that you know whatever that they're quote unquote good at, which is you know Lisa's rapping and whatever. Like like it it's it's still them. So I I don't understand how you could not like it. Like anyways, um, uh, right? So thank you guys. (laughs) Yes, yes. You can find us on Twitter at Soju Chronicles or at Gmail at Soju Chronicles at gmail.com. Thanks for your support. Remember to like, comment, and share. And let us know about what you think about Blackpink and their 30-something songs. You know, <laughs> I'm sure it's easy to form an opinion on it, guys. It's, it's seven years, 30-something songs. Why not? Uh, so <laughs> you can always reach out to us, you know, at the stuff that I had already mentioned and thank you once again for sharing your time 
We will Bye. see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.